someone else is listening. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty thoughts and nice clean minds. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, family out there listening? What's going on? Good to see you guys out there today. Hope all is well. Coming to you live from Central Wisconsin, where we got lots of stuff to talk about again today, as we have been every day. Uh, it's good to see you guys all out there today. Hope you guys had a good day yesterday, even through all the madness. Uh, we'll talk. We'll kind of summarize uh, the what we found yesterday. Um, and uh, since we, you know, spent a lot of time on uh, True the Vault presentation, we'll uh, spend some time on some other stuff today. But we're also we'll get back to that as well uh, towards the end of the show. I want to make sure I get some election integrity stuff uh, covered today as well as always. Hopefully, you guys had a good day yesterday, though. It's good to see you guys all out there working your way in here today. I appreciate you guys joining me. As you guys have every day, we got uh, I got a great article from way back in 2018 from. Uh, Jeff Carlson about the FBI's private contractors. I want to go through that article again and uh, kind of uh, set up what we learned yesterday after uh, after the Sussman stuff, which is the M- the FBI maintaining a workplace, including a computer portal inside the law firm of Perkins Coy. Um, that is a massive story. So we'll lead with that kind of uh, setup there. We'll sh- I'll show you the redacted documents uh, that, that show proof of this from the Sussman trial. It is a bombshell for sure. And of course, anytime there's a boom, we got to talk a little bit about Q. So we'll get to that uh, today too as well. Uh, we're going to go back and summarize the uh, Danchenko indictment. I wanted to do that yesterday, but I didn't get time. Uh, so I want to go through and uh, Jeff Turley, actually, Jonathan Turley, excuse me, actually has a uh, an updated um, uh, uh, an article from uh, November 4th, uh, 2021. Uh, reminding us what's to come with regards to the Danchenko indictment. And he has the uh, Danchenko indictment in there. So I want to go through that as well. Some of the other things that we didn't get a chance to talk to yesterday. uh, We definitely have to talk about Facebook today. We have to talk about a a really good uh, sub stack from uh, Michael Schellenberger about the homeless in L.A. Uh, One of the stories that's out there that really has not gotten much uh, hearing lately. Um, Sundance has a great article, DHS and, and Intel Community Media Outlets Proactively Move to Defend Dominion Voting. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. I want to read that, and then we're going to replay the uh, Dr. J. Alex Helderman testimony uh, from 2017 in the House Intelligence Committee. So I'm going to replay that. Uh, we'll probably get to that at about the top of the hour or so. And then kind of just a good summary of uh, what we heard yesterday uh, from, from uh, some great summaries out there. And then um, just some general election integrity stuff after that. So that's what we have planned for today. So uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy the show. We have a lot, a lot of good stuff lined up for you guys today. So Looking forward to hanging out with you today. It is Tuesday, the first day of June already. And man, has this last three months flown by? Remember when it was March and we're like, okay, here we go. And now we're into June already. So 
Time's flying by. I cannot wait till October gets here. <laughs> We're going to have an interesting October uh, for sure. Um, and it's funny because there's actually some two and three year uh, Q posts that are really relevant around October when Danchenko's uh, a trial is set to go off. Nice timing for a nice little October surprise. That'll be interesting to watch how that plays itself out. So edging closer finally to that at least, guys. So stay patient, stay focused, stay positive, uh, and stay in the faith, and everything will be just fine. Everyone over there on the Fox of Light app, I appreciate you guys being here with us as you guys are every day. Knock my socks off and Darth Q, the first two in the chat. All the lurkers out there, thanks for being here today. I appreciate you guys very much. Everything Uncensored Dave, of course, is at Uncensored Dave. Com. You can check out the podcast, Podbeam, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. Pick one, anyone that's on all, all the alternate uh, podcast platforms, too. So just search for Uncensored Abe. You should be able to find that. Uh, Telegram and True Social links are at the very top right there, as well as you can watch the show and some merchandise that's on my list. I'm still swamped with so much shit going on around here. So I apologize for not getting my stuff done. I'll get it. Foxhole, it's only been a year since I've been talking about it. Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, CloudHub, and Tiger Network are where you can catch the, the live stream every day, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, Monday through Friday, not, not on weekends. And then Thursdays at noon Central, 1 Eastern with uh, Occam's Razor with Zach, uh, Red Pill 78. Looking forward to checking in with Zach this week because uh, he's had a great week. Today's Wednesday, not Tuesday. <laughs> uh, hey, Z Patriot, you good, man? I hope all is well. It's good to see you out there. I know you've been busy. Um, I am probably going to need your help, by the way, uh, with, uh, Virginia beach. Um, so uh, it, while you're here, um, the, the finances are a little rough right now, bro. So help keep the lights on. If you can cash at PayPal and Patreon or check out mypillow.com backslash Abe, check it out. When you guys get time, use discount code Abe, you get a great discount. You get a free gift. Their slippers are still have a great sale on that. Uh, don't forget to check out, uh, you get a free book with, uh, with your purchase, buy one, get one free bed sheets, pillows, my pillows, towel sets, uh, mobile pillows, pet blankets. They have those on sale as well as the dog beds and, and the uh, sleep system, all that stuff. Workout coffee now, huh? What do we have here? Workout coffee. What do we have? It is starting at 1539 with the promo code Abe. The well immunity. You can add that as well. What is what do we get? What, what do we have here with the hold on hold on a second here? I got somebody said coffee. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert with more than 20 years of personal training experience. You know, my clients and I are always looking for the very best performance supplements on the market to get more from our workouts and more from our recovery. Well, I decided to give Workout Coffee a 30-day trial. I wanted to replace all of my pre-workout and my post-workout supplement stacks because I wanted to know how Workout Coffee compared to some of the other Gotcha, so it's like a supplement stack. That's pretty interesting. Um, I might look a little more into that. I'm kind of interested in that. Uh, the Omen Collection, Declaration and Constitution. They got some interesting stuff on here that I hadn't noticed before. Uh, Omen the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. So you can get that on sale. That is pretty cool. Man, check that out. Huh. I didn't know they had that stuff on there. That's pretty cool, man. Um, you can get that for it's normally 100 bucks. You can get it for 69 bucks. That's pretty cool. Um, actually 70 bucks sleepwear, pillowcases, pillow towels, whatever you need, just throw blankets, duvet colors, covers, excuse me. 
I mean, they got couch pillows. They got the basic standard pillowcases, whatever you need, man. So check it out when you get time. MyPillow.com backslash Abe. Sorry, I got distracted myself there. It's the first time I've seen some of that stuff on there. But hey, check out the website when you get time. MyPillow.com backslash Abe. Thanks, guys, for hanging out, and I appreciate you guys. At the very bottom, Facebook, True Social, Gab, Allen at UncensoredAbe.com is the email address if you want to email me. The link tree is right there. And the P.O. box at the bottom if you want to send me something as well. So thanks, guys, for all being here today with me. I appreciate you guys very much. Um, lots happening over on truth. Uh, been, 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 it's truth has been getting interesting. Finally, you know what I'm saying? There's finally a lot, a lot, an eclectic group of people over there on, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, on, um, on truth. So that's been good to see Darth Q. Good to see you. it's Wednesday. Duh. Duppy's in the house. Will he fix it? Knock my socks off and, uh, others hanging out there as well. Thanks please for dropping all the links. Appreciate you. Uh, let me check in Z Patriot. What'd you say, bro? Um, Catbird Girl, hey, good to see you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, Panzer Poppy's in the house. Uh, Chris, thank you for dropping all the links out there. Oconus Bound, are you? All right. Um, keep in touch the best you can, bro. I appreciate you, man. We're going dark after today, no comms. All right, gotcha. I, I, I'm dark too, so. Um, for specific reasons. So I get it. Um, God be with you, brother. And if you need anything, let me know. Uh, you know how to get a hold of me. Uh, thanks for everyone over there on Twitch. Appreciate you guys. 17 viewers already. We'll wait for uh, the crowd to kind of work their way in there in today. I appreciate you guys. Rumble's here. Good to see the Rumble crowd out there today. Thanks for being here today, guys. Do me a favor. Hit that plus button at the bottom of your screen there. Uh, help promote the show and, and subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet to the channel. Appreciate you guys very much. Um, uh, just Mojo's out there hanging out. Lots of questions already. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to a lot of stuff um, for sure. So we will. Um, hey, Pterodactyl. Thanks. Good to see you out there as well. Um, and then all the lurkers out there in Tiger Network and uh, all the other places. Appreciate you guys being here today. Um, all right. Uh, try, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to check in with everybody make sure I got everybody. All right. Thanks for being here today, guys. All right, uh, Jeff Carlson and some Q posts is where we're going to start off today. Hey, Gambria, thank you for the shades. Appreciate that. Tam, Tam Growl, hello, Angel. Um, and so we're going to kick off with that, and then we're going to end up in the second half of the show with election integrity. So that's kind of the plan here today. And then we'll check in on if there's any breaking news out there uh, while we're live as well. So that's kind of the plan for today. Um, you know, other than that, there's... <laughs> A lot of uh, distractions out there to talk about. Hey, Swim Chick, good to see you. So without further ado, let me stop babbling and start talking. Start reading, I should say. Jeff Carlson has this article from uh, April 16, 2018. Now, we did read this uh, when he first dropped it. Um, I, just, I hate when I do that. What did I do now? I did the stupid. Go away. All right. The, the, the FBI's private contractors, FISA abuse, the Steele dossier, and a timeline. I want to spend a little bit of time on this today. Hey, Warrior Mima. Good, I'm glad you're here. Um, because this is going to set up what the article that was dropped by uh, Sundance last night. The FBI, FBI maintains a workplace, including, uh, including a con computer portal inside the law firm of Perkins Coy. And then, of course, we're going to have to talk about Q-Post because there are some interesting things that I want to show you. All right, so that's the plan. 
FBI's uh, private contractors, Pfizer abuse to steal dossier in the timeline. Jeff Carlson, I recently wrote an updated post on the many FISA abuses uncovered by NSA Director Mike Rogers and how DOJ's National Security Division head, John Carlin, intentionally hid these abuses from the FISA court. It is highly probable that DNI James Clapper did not did not know about the FISA abuses as well. Hmm. One of the more significant revelations unearthed by Rogers was the FBI's use of outside private contractors. For those already familiar, scroll down to the section on Evelyn Farkas. From the FISA court ruling, uh, pages 83 and 84, the FBI had disclosed raw FISA information, including but not limited to Section 702 acquired information to a redacted. Redacted is largely staffed by <clears throat> private contractors. We believe now redacted to be Perkins Coy. Contractors had access to raw FISA information on FBI storage systems. Unrestricted access continued after they completed work uh, on an FBI request. Restrictions were not in place with regards to the redacted contractors. Access was not limited to, law, to raw information for which the FBI sought assistance. Access continued even after they had completed their work in response to an FBI request. The FBI systematically enabled outside contractors to access raw FISA data using the FBI systems as access points across multiple agencies. Improper access granted to the redacted contractor seems to have been a result of deliberate Decision-making. Access to FBI systems was the subject of an interagency memorandum of understanding. The FBI intentionally hid the implementation of this practice and the practice itself from the FISA court until it was discovered in March of 2016. No notice of this practice was given to the FISA court until 2016. The government cannot show, cannot say how, when, or where non-compliant information was used. Once an individual had access to the information, it can no longer be traced or tracked. The NSA is unable to identify any reporting or other disseminations that may have been based on information returned by these non-compliant queries. NSA's disseminations are sourced to specific objects, not to the queries, that may have presented those objects to analysts. So what they're saying is, is they accessed classified information, classified programs. Nearly five months after Director Rogers notified the court, the government was still struggling to understand all points of raw FISA data access. The government reported that the NSA was still attempting to identify all systems that stores upstream data and all tools used to query such data. Private contractors had full and unfettered access to raw FISA data, and no one could track what they did with that data. Now, ponder Snowden, ponder... Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, the other whistleblowers um, in the government who saw what was happening with this stuff and were put in a situation where they felt like they had to talk about it. That's kind of what this this is all kind of leading to. You see what I'm saying here? Julian Assange is going to be in the news here in the next month or so. So private contractors had full unfettered access to raw FISA data and no one can track what they did with that data. None of this was an accident. The court is concerned about the FBI's apparent disregard of minimization rules and whether the FBI had been engaging in similar disclosures of raw section 702 information that have not been reported. Yeah, you think this concern from the Fisk court applied specifically to the FBI, not the NSA, the FISA court lacks trust 
in the F in the the FISA court lacks of trust in the FBI was apparent. At this juncture, we don't know the identities of these private contractors, but I'm guessing we shortly will. Indeed, Perkins Coy appears to be them. Evelyn Farkas, on May 2nd, 2017, <clears throat> on March 2nd, 2017, Obama's Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, Evelyn Farkas, went on MSNBC. In the interview, Farkas detailed how the Obama administration gathered and disseminated intelligence on the Trump team. I was urging my former colleagues to, quote, get as much information as you can, get as much intelligence as you can before Obama leaves the administration. The Trump folks, if they found out how we knew what we knew about the Trump staff dealing with Russians, they would try to compromise those sources and methods, meaning we would no longer have access to that intelligence. That's why you have the leaking. Note that Farkas said how we know and what we know. A crucial distinction. On March 22nd, 2018, House Judiciary Chairman Bob Goodlatte issued a subpoena to the DOJ. There was some intriguing information contained within, but one question seemed particularly relevant to this discussion. Section 7 of that document, all documents and communications referring to or related to internal Department of Justice or FBI management requests to review, scrub, report on, or analyze any reporting of FISA collection involving or coverage mentioning the Trump campaign of Trump administration. In effect, Goodlatte is inquiring after the sources and methods of surveillance intelligence Ms. Farkas is referring to. Devin Nunez has already given us a basic understanding of what occurred. On March 22nd, 2017, after learning of the Trump transition surveillance, Devin Nunez gave, up an, Im- gave an impromptu press conference followed by a more formal press conference. And of course, that video has been taken down by YouTube, as you can see there course (laughs) revisiting Nunez's comments with knowledge of the FBI's use of private contractors provides new levels of understanding some comments related to the October 1st 2016 Carter Page FISA warrant other comments are specifically related to earlier collections comments by Nunez are sequential So again, this is Devin Nunez in that press conference. I recently confirmed that on numerous occasions, the intelligence community incidentally collected information about U.S. citizens involved in the Trump transition. Details about persons associated with the incoming administration, details with little apparent foreign intelligence value, were widely disseminated in intelligence community reporting. The NSA has been very, very helpful. They know how important these programs are. They are in constant communications with our team. I have spoke to Admiral Rogers about these concerns, and he wants to comply as quickly as he can. From what I know right now, it looks like an incidental collection. We don't know exactly how this was picked up, but we're trying to get to the bottom of it. I think the NSA is going to comply. I am concerned. We don't know whether or not the FBI is going to comply. I have seen intelligence reports that clearly show the president-elect and his team were at least monitored and disseminated out in intelligence. It is what in what appears to be raw, well, I shouldn't say raw, but intelligence reporting channels. It looked to me 
like it was all legally collected, but it was essentially a lot of information on the president-elect and his transition team and what they were doing. This information was legally brought to me by sources who thought that we should know about it. This is normal incidental collection. It was normal formal foreign, excuse me, it was normal foreign surveillance. This appears to be all legally collected foreign intelligence under FISA, where there was incidental collection that ended up in reporting channels and was widely disseminated. We went through this about a year and a half or so as it related to members of Congress. It's very similar to that. It reminds me of what happened a year and a half ago. It's official. I see information. Uh, these were intelligence reports. It brings up a lot of concerns about whether the, these things, whether things were properly minimized or not. We don't know who sent the taskings, if the taskings were changed into what went into these intelligence reports. The president himself and others in the Trump transition team were clearly put into intelligence reports that ended up in this White House and across a whole bunch of other agencies. There's two issues here. There's additional unmasking of names. I don't know how many names were unmasked, but I know these additional unmaskings occurred. And then we have additional issue of the names that were put into these intelligence reports. I was able to determine that it looks like it was legal collection, incidental collection, and made its way into intelligence reports. I had to do it with FISA. It has to do with FISA, and there are multiple FISA warrants that are out there, but there's nothing criminal at all involved. On March 31st, 2017, a Fox News report by Adam Housley cited numerous unnamed intelligence sources with direct knowledge of events. We've learned that the surveillance that led to the unmasking started way before President Trump was even the GOP nominee. The person who did the unmasking, I'm told, is a very well-known, very high up, very senior in the intelligence world, and is not in the FBI. This led to other surveillance, which which led to multiple names being unmasked. These are private citizens in the United States. We're told that the main issue here is not the only unmasking of the names, but the spreading of names for political purposes that have nothing to do with national security and everything to do with hurting and embarrassing Trump and his team. This is all coming from folks that are in these agencies and frustrated with the politics that is taking place in these agencies. The FBI and the NSD, NSD didn't need a wiretap. They already had multiple points of access in their systems. They just had to be willing to use these access points or have someone else use them to harvest NSA upstream data. The FISA court ruling tells us they did this. It doesn't tell us the targets. We know from FISA court documents that the information was being gathered through illegal about queries and had little or nothing to do with national security. There were unauthorized specifically related to U.S. persons and were the result of deliberate decision making. The FBI employed independent contractors, some to seemingly gather political opposition research using about queries from late 2015 through October, uh, April 18th, 2016. <clears throat> My love. Once the process had been stopped and was now potentially exposed, the FBI and the NSD decided what to do with the previously gathered information. 
the idea of a dossier was formulated. It provided three purposes. Number one, it became a repository of some of the information already gathered and was augmented with information from Christopher Steele. Number two, it became a means to ultimately obtain legal permission for a previously illegal methods by which the information had been gathered. And number three, it allowed for the continuation of information gathering after Rogers shut Section 702 about searches down through the FISA warrant on Carter Page. The Steele dossier became the repository of information gathered from illegal Section 702 searches while at the same time transforming that information into outside evidence that could be obtained that could be used in obtaining a FISA warrant to legitimize the original information. So you see how this wrap-up smear was 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 working inside the government as well. It became legal to maintain surveillance on the Trump campaign using earlier data that originated with incidental capture of U.S. persons in the collection of data and on non-U.S. persons. The following timeline, this is the last section that's going to take a little bit of time to get through, but this is important to lay the groundwork for what was, what was released yesterday. So I hope you guys are, are checking in on this. The following timeline presents an evolution of events. A timeline of Rogers' actions, dates are bolded, is integrated with a broader timeline of the dates unbolded. All right, so around late 2015, Britain's GCHQ begins to pass intelligence on to the United States. CIA Director John Brennan is the point man. On November 1st, 2015 through April 18th, 2016, The FBI and the DOJ's National Security Division used private contractors to access raw FISA information using to and from FISA 702 and about FISA 702-17 queries. These queries probably began earlier. Early March 2016, Fusion approaches DNC law firm Perkins Coy about being hired to continue opposition research into the Trump campaign. March 21st, 2016, Carter Page joins the Trump campaign as an advisor on foreign policy. March 28th, 2016, Paul Manafort joins as a campaign convention manager. March in 2016, NSA Director Rogers becomes aware of improper access to raw FISA data. In April of 2016, Brennan is shown information from Baltimore. State Intelligence Agency, April to June 2016, information flow from British intelligence agencies to the CIA continues. April 2016, Rogers orders the NSA compliance officer to run a full audit on 702 NSA compliance. April of 2016, Fusion GPS hired by Perkins Coy on behalf of the DNC. April 18, 2016, Rogers shuts down the FBI National Security uh, NSD, excuse me, contractor access to the to the FISA search system. April 19th, 2016, the wife of Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS, Mary Jacoby, visits the White House the day after Rogers shuts contractor access down. If you look into Mary Jacoby, you'll find some interesting stuff about her, by the way. And she is the wife of Glenn Simpson. Uh, you'll find she's very much tied in this follow the wives. April 25th, 2016, two White House meetings between FBI General Counsel James Baker, Tricia Anderson, Tashina Gahar, John T. Lynch, John Brad Wiegman, Ellen Rosenstein, uh, Norman Hardy, and Iris Lan of the DOJ. DOJ attorneys Gahar Hardy are FISA attorneys. Note, meeting link now broken. Cannot locate secondary source. Treat accordingly. Hmm. Interesting. 
That is pretty interesting. Cannot locate secondary source. Treat accordingly. April 30th, 2016, DNC IT staff reports suspected hacking on its servers to FBI, but refuses to grant FBI access. April and May of 2016, Fusion hires uh, Fusion GPS hires Christopher Steele. April May 2016, Fusion GPS hires Nellie Orr, wife of the DOJ associate deputy AG Bruce Orr. <laughs> May June of 2016, Brennan creates a six agency task force to investigate Russian interference. Uh huh. May May twenty third, twenty sixteen. Nelly Orr applies for a ham radio license. Remember this. Make of this what you will. Uh, their comms, uh, the way they were doing comms for this stuff, they were trying to hide it. You know, in the best way they could. Early summer, probably uh, June twenty sixteen. Brennan is briefed in person by GCHQ's then head, Robert Hannigan, on information in possession of British intelligence. June of 2016, Brennan passes his intelligence to the FBI. This intelligence served as basis for the FBI investigation. June of 2016, possible FISA application prepared by NSD lawyers. Uh, June of 2016, FBI uh, agent Peter Strzok and possibly DOJ's Bruce Orr meet with Christopher Steele. In June 9th of 2016, meeting between Donald Trump Jr., Jerry Kushner, Paul Manafort, Raynaud Axmin, Natalia Veselnitskaya, uh, Views and GPS meets with Veselnitskaya before and after the meeting. <clears throat> so that was a, a whole plant and a whole setup. In fact, I think a lot of the people that were put into Trump's team were probably plants uh, th- through and from Fusion GPS. Uh, June 27, 2016, A.G. Loretta Lynch has secret meeting with Bill Clinton on the tarmac. <laughs> Late 2016, first draft of the Trump dossier is shared with Fusion and possibly FBI's Peter Strzok. On June 1st, 2016, Victoria Newland grants permission for FBI agent Mike Gaeta to meet with Steele in London. July 2nd, 2016, FBI agent Strzok interviews Hillary Clinton. July 5th, 2016, FBI agent Gaeta meets with Steele in London and is given a copy of the dossier. July 5th, uh, FBI Director Comey exonerates Clinton. <clears throat> nice timing, Comey. Mid-July 2016, Steele dossier shared with the State Department's Newland dossier is passed on to the FBI. On July 4th of 2016, Clinton campaign manager Robbie Mook suggests Russian government is behind the release of DNC emails. On July 31st, FBI begins counterintelligence investigation into Trump and Russia. Late July, the second draft of the Steele dossier is shared with the FBI. In early August, Brennan briefs Obama and three senior Obama advisors. On August 1st, Strzok travels to London for interviews with Unknown. On August 15th, Strzok sends insurance policy text referencing Deputy FBI Director Peter uh, McCabe. In August, in September of 2016, CIA Director Brennan meets with a gang of eight, suggesting Russia is helping Trump. And no name McStain was too happy to comply with anything he needed. <clears throat> September 5th, 2016, Hillary Clinton accuses Russia of interfering with the U.S. election. Uh, Mid-late September 2016, Brennan, Clapper, and Comey begin work on three Russian interference reports. September 23rd, 2016, a Yahoo News article is published by Michael Isakoff based on leaks by Christopher Steele. 
This article is later used to corroborate the Steele dossier. On September 26th, the DOJ's NSD head, John Carlin, files the government's proposed 2016 Section 702 certifications. Carlin does not disclose the FISA abuse in his filing. Carlin has, has been aware of Rogers' compliance review. Uh, that's how the cover-up began. On uh, September 27th, Carlin announces he's resigning, and Mary McCord, who has now been fired, will later assume his position. On September 8th, 2016, Comey claims the decision to exonerate Clinton was not made until after her uh, interview with FBI agents. Um, uh, also on that day, Comey refuses to answer if the FBI is investigating possible connections between members of Trump campaign and Russia. Late September, early October 2016, Bruce Orr provides the FBI with his wife's opposition research paid for by the DNC and the Clinton campaign via Fusion GPS. In late September, mid-October, again, Trump dossier is shopped. Then Bruce Orr meets with dossier author Christopher Steele, and then he met with Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS. Also in October, James Clapper officially accuses the Russian government of hacking the DNC to interfere with the U.S. election process. Carlin formally leaves the NSD. Clapper submits recommendation to the White House that Director Rogers be removed from the NSA. Rogers is briefed by the NSA compliance officer on 702 NSA compliance audit and about query violations on October 20th of 2016 is when that happened. On the next day, Rogers shuts down all about query activity reports activity to the DOJ, and prepares to go before the FISA court. Also on that day, the DOJ and the FBI seek to receive a Title I FISA probable cause order authorizing electronic surveillance on Carter Page from the FISC. At this point, the FISA court is unaware of Section 702 violations. October 24, 2016, Rogers verbally informs the FISA court of Section 702-17, Section 17 violations. Also, on October 26th, Rogers formally informs the FISA court of Section 702-17 violations in writing. Now we're into November, the morning of November 17th, 2016. Rogers travels to meet President-elect Trump and his transition team in Trump Tower. Rogers does not inform DNI James Clapper. Also, on that evening, Trump transition team announces they are moving all transition activity to Trump National Golf Club in New Jersey. And then, on November 28, 2016, Senator McCain's associate, David Kramer, flies to London to meet with Christopher Steele for a briefing with the anti-Trump research. On December 9th, Brennan provides the CIA assessment to Obama. Russia conducted hacking operations to prevent Hillary Clinton from winning the presidency. And then October on December 9th, 2016, Obama orders a full review of Russian election hacking. Then on December 15th, James Clapper signs off on Executive Order 12333, changes impacting the NSA, Obama's NSA data sharing order, making it harder for uh, Trump's transition team to find out what's happening. On December 29th, what a great day, my birthday, 2016, the second report, Grizzly Step, Russia Malicious Cyber Activity, is released. On January 3rd, 2017, Loretta Lynch signs Section 2.3 of Executive Order 212333, Obama's NSA Data Sharing Order. 
On January 5th, Clapper and Rogers testify before the Armed Services Committee. Clapper reaffirms his belief that Russians hacked the election. Also on January 5th, Obama, Comey, Yates, Biden, Rice have a follow-on conversation after briefed, being briefed by the IC leadership, Clapper and Brennan, possibly Comey as well, on Russian hacking during the 2016 election. Rice will document this meeting in an email to herself on January 20th. January 6, 2017, the third report assessing Russian activities and intentions in recent U.S. elections is released. Also on January 6th, Comey briefs President-elect Trump on the existence of salacious and unverified Russian dossier. Within hours of Comey's meeting with Trump, the Trump-Comey meeting and existence of the dossier was leaked. James Clapper named as the possible leaker. January 10th, U.S. Intelligence Chief Comey Clapper Brennan Rogers brief Obama on the Russian dossier and attempts to influence Trump. And then January 12th, the DOJ's Office of Inspector General announces the initiation of a review into actions taken by the DOJ and the FBI in the advance of the 2016 election. And now we are here. I appreciate you uh, spending the time to let me read that. The reason why that's so important is because of what dropped yesterday from Sundance. Breaking, the FBI maintains a workspace, including computer portal, inside the law firm of Perkins Coy. The ramifications are significant. Sundance, yesterday, <clears throat> nailing it as always. There is a very little that surprises me, but this is completely stunning. An FBI whistleblower came forth to inform Representative Jim Jordan and Matt Gates that the FBI t- maintains a workshop inside the law firm of Perkins Coy. In response to a letter sent by Representative Matt Gates and Jim Jordan, Perkins Coy, the legal arm of the DNC and Hillary Clinton, admitted they have been operating an FBI workspace in their Washington, D.C. office since 2012. Barack Obama. So much going on, you may have missed this. A jury today comprised of several Hillary Clinton donors acquitted a lawyer called Michael Sussman of lying to the FBI. Now, who's Michael Sussman? Sussman is a former partner at the law firm Perkins Coy, the biggest Democratic firm, the firm that represented Hillary Clinton's campaign. And in that capacity at Perkins Coy, Sussman laundered false information about the Trump campaign to the FBI. So a pretty tight relationship between Sussman and the FBI. We're learning tonight much more about the connection between the FBI and Sussman's former law firm, Perkins Coy. Congressman Matt Gates and Jim Jordan have just received a letter from Perkins Coy's attorneys. This show can report exclusively that in that letter, Perkins Coy admits the FBI has maintained a, quote, secure work environment within Perkins Coy offices for more than a decade, going back to 2012. What? According to the letter, quote, Perkins Coy is responsible to the FBI for maintaining the secure work environment. That workspace, whatever it is, is still in operation today. Ever heard of anything like this? No one we spoke to has. Matt Gates is the man who found this. He's, of course, a member of Congress from the state of Florida. He joins us tonight. Congressman, thanks so much for coming on. Um, this is bizarre. Tell us what it is and what you think it means. We got a report from a whistleblower that we confirmed through multiple admissions, including this letter, showing that the Democrat Party's law firm, the law firm that received $42 million from the Democratic Party, has this co-located workspace that they operate in concert with the FBI. Why in the world 
would that be the case? Why would Christopher Ray allow it to continue? Then you also have to ask yourself, why within the last 12 months was the person on behalf of Perkins Coy operating that, uh, that work site, Michael Sussman himself? And we heard through this trial that you just referenced that the FBI believed Michael Sussman was lying to them in 2017 when he was shuttling false information about Trump into the intelligence process. And now we learned for four years after that lie, Michael Sussman was in fact operating this secure work environment. So what reason would there be for that? And what leverage would the Perkins law firm have over the FBI given this work they're doing together? So I, I know that this story, to the extent they can, will be ignored by the media. And to the extent they can ignore it, they'll say, well, this is just normal. There are good reasons for this. You're an attorney. You serve with a lot of other attorneys. This is not normal, correct? I have spoken to former federal prosecutors on the Judiciary Committee and throughout the country, and I have not heard any describe a relationship like this with a private law firm, and especially because Michael Sussman was an election lawyer. Why in the world would an election lawyer be operating this facility in this way? And our concern is that politically motivated dirt was being converted into politically motivated investigations. That's why Jim Jordan and I are making demands for answers on Christopher Ray immediately. And it's, all, it's my hope, certainly, that we shut this facility down. The Democratic Party shouldn't have this special access, special portal to the FBI, especially knowing what we do now, that they were often trying to take this opposition research and then use that for law enforcement and counterintelligence purposes. Yeah, you can't politicize the country's biggest law enforcement agency. I mean, that's completely third world. And you've borne the brunt of that, uh, as, as we both know. Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, I appreciate your breaking that story for us tonight. Thank you. Amazing. We'll stay on him. Thank you, Tucker. I have a question for Barack Obama and for Michael Sussman. Um, how, who else was this, this uh, Perkins Coy used for? Was it, was it used against uh, political enemies? Uh, such as activists and, and people who are destroying the narrative that you were trying to shove down the throats of moronic Americans who thought you were a great president, who just thought you spoke so eloquently for a black man that, uh, that you know, that they thought that you were just the greatest thing since sliced bread until you weren't. Um, and then I have a question from Michael Sussman. Uh, can, somebody, can somebody with some balls in the media, when Sussman goes and does media circus, can somebody with the balls in the media ask Sussman, who killed Seth Rich? Back to Sundance. This is a huge development. Essentially, what is being admitted in this claim is that a portal existed into FBI databases within the law firm that represents Democrats. This means access, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, uh, access to FBI uh, database searches exists inside the office of the DNC and the Clinton legal group. Think about the ramifications here. Uh, Conservative Treehouse has long claimed there was some kind of direct portal link between the Clinton campaign team and the FBI databases. There were too many trails of extracted, non-minimized research evidence in the hands of the Clinton team that Conservative Treehouse could not trace to a transferring FBI official. If Perkins Coy operated a portal, portal in their office that allowed them to conduct search queries of American citizens, then everything would make sense. Indeed, now it does. 
That access portal is exactly what is being claimed and admitted in this report. The start date of the 2012 is important for several reasons, not at least of which is FISA presiding judge Rosemary Collier criticizing the scale and scope of unlawful FBI database access going back to exactly 2012. Keep in mind, a FISA 702 search is simply an unlawful FBI warrantless electronic search of an American. The 702 represents an American citizen into the central database maintained by the NSA that contains all electronic data and communication. I have been in the deep hole of FISA 702 database search query violations for so long. I don't even need a flashlight. The report from Matt Gates about Perkins Coy access to FBI databases <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, guys, is in direct alignment with Rosemary Collier's prior report on FBI abuses of the database 702 violations. Notice the dates and scope Judge Collier references. The source link is also in this document. NSA examined all queries using identifiers for U.S. persons targeted pursuant to sections 704 and 705B of FISA using the redacted tool in redacted from November 1st of 2015 through May 1st of 2016. Based on that examination, quote, NSA estimates that approximately 80% of those queries representing about queries conducted by approximately blank targeted offices were not compliant with the applicable minimization procedures. Many of these non-compliant queries involve the use of the same identifiers over different date ranges. Even so, a non-compliance rate of 85% raises substantial questions about the proprietary of using redacted to query FISA data. While the government reports that it is unable to provide a reliable estimate of the number of non-compliant queries since 2012... <clears throat> there is no apparent reason to believe the November 2015 and April 2016 period coincided with an unusually high error rate. Of course it did. <clears throat> Non-compliant queries since 2012, 85% of the FBI and contractor searches are unlawful. Many of these searches involve the use of the same identifiers over different data ranges. Put in plain terms, the same people were continually being tracked, searched, and surveilled by querying the FBI database over time. The non-compliant searches go back to 2012, the same date mentioned for the FBI portal to begin operating inside of the Perkins Coy office. From the document itself, it says the improper access granted to the redacted contractors was apparently in place redacted and seems to be have been a result of deliberate decision making. The redacted compliance report 9293 redacted access to FBI systems was the subject of an interagency memorandum of understanding entered into redacted. So an interagency inter memorandum, this specific footnote is key. Note the phrase, redacted access to FBI systems was the subject of an interagency memorandum of understanding entered into redacted. This sentence has the potential to expose an internal decision withheld from Congress and the FISA court by the Obama administration that outlines a process for access and distribution of, of surveillance data. To include political enemies, note, no notice of this practice was given to the FISC until 2016. That is important. 
in summary from Sundance, the FISA court identified and quantified tens of thousands of search queries of NSA FBI database using the FISA 702, 16, and 17 system. The database was repeatedly used by persons with contractor access who unlawfully searched and extracted the raw results without redacting the information and sharing it with an unknown number of entities. The outlined process certainly points toward a political spying and surveillance operation when the DOJ's use of the IRS for political information on their opposition became problematic. The Obama administration needed Needed another tool. It was in 2012 when they switched to using the FBI databases for targeted search queries. This information from Jim Jordan and Matt Gates has the potential to be extremely explosive. It will be interesting to see how the domestic intelligence community media, the New York Times, Political, and WAPO, in that order, respond to this Matt Gates report. I wrote about these suspicions in depth in 2017 and 2018, and eventually summarized them in 2019. See hither which was this article, Evidence of Obama Administration Political Surveillance Beginning in Mid-2012 from Sundance. Again, we have read as many of Sundance's articles as we possibly can. This was dropped on May 24th, 2019. Um, And it is obviously the most explosive thing of the day. Um, I appreciate you guys over there on the Foxhole.app. CL Goober, Warrior Mima, and Gambria. Thank you for the gold pills over there. Appreciate you guys very much. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving here today because I still got lots to get to, and we're already almost at the top of the hour. So I'm gonna keep it moving. JC Bird dropping the one month uh, sub to Deplora Laura. Thank you, sir, for that. God bless you. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for all being out there today. Johnny B, uh, JC Bird, uh, Z Patriot, kind of lurking, Panzer Pappy, and uh, many others over there on Twitch hanging out today. Thanks for being here today, guys. Much love love. Uh, JC, thank you for the $5 cup of coffee. Appreciate you very much over there on Rumble. Thank you for all the Rumble crowd. Do me a favor, Rumble crowd. Hit that plus button down there. Appreciate you guys. Pterodactyl, uh, uh, AJ, see, I, you confuse the fuck out of me when you do that. Anyways, Jay Rich in the house. Good to see you. God bless you. Good to see you on Facebook the other day. I was running through Facebook. I ran across you. Good to see you out there. Hope all is well. Chris, Ilda the Hun, all the lurkers out there. Thanks for being here today, guys. I'm going to keep it moving today because I got lots to get to still. And we're running out of time too damn quickly. Here is for for you. For you. This for you. Tan growl. Thank you for the can. I appreciate that. Thank you. Probably used against me. Oh, it was. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm just going to. This fucking world, man. I'll just put it that way. You know, and it's it's kind of good to to know now. Finally. I don't know if you, who's out there that heard me once ask, I just want to know what happened to me. Who was out there when I did a show about three years ago and I I asked that question. Now you you are learning the answer to that question. You're you're locally funded domestic terrorist. (laughs) Uh, Let me go to, yeah, let me go to Red Pill 78 here real quick. And then we're going to do some Q post. And uh, I I did kind of want to go through these uh, redacted documents, but... I mean, you know, kind of doing that stuff live, it gets monotonous and stuff. Congratulations to Red Pill 78 on an awesome interview with Cash Patel yesterday. There are some key points of that that I want you to hear. And don't forget, tomorrow I'll be hanging out with uh, with Red Pill 78 at noon central, 1 eastern. Check this out with Cash and Red Pill 78 uh, yesterday afternoon, I believe. Do it here. We're going to just we're going to show the world um, it works here, too. I don't know that it, it impacts what he's bringing after um, because he was able to put out a lot of information in this case in which he showed the world that he is conducting a large-scale investigation 
And what the, the advantages of a conspiracy case is it can be brought um, anywhere any part of the conspiracy occurred. So if some guy, you know, moved through, you know, southwest Utah for a split second, you can bring the whole case there. And maybe he has that figured out. I don't as a, I mean, one day I'd love to sit down with this guy. Uh, but uh, I think he just, uh, you know, you know, and I'm sure that the Department of Justice, who oversees him, probably made it tough for him to maneuver too much, if at all, because they didn't want this case brought, period. Cash says we need to move the case, you know, somewhere like, you know, Utah. Don't worry. We're going to wrap this up in a nice bowl. Was there anything yeah. that was pro- that was presented from the prosecution? Say, as an example, uh, Robbie Mook's admission that Hillary Clinton personally okayed the quickly. Yeah. Was there anything yeah. that was pro- that was presented from the prosecution? Say, as an example, uh, Robbie Mook's admission that Hillary Clinton personally okayed the release of this Alpha Bank hoax to the media. Can that be used to prosecute Hillary Clinton down the line? Were there any other bits and pieces that came out that you thought, hey, that's something that'll be uh, useful in another case? All of that is what we call sworn testimony under oath against the penalty of perjury. So that's all evidence. And you can and a smart prosecutor uses all of that stuff to build further cases. I also don't know that they expected Robbie Mook to say that because he was a defense witness. He wasn't called by John Durham. He was called by the defense. So there's a mountain of information they got that John Durham was able to put out there, just like the transcript of the deposition that I took of Michael Sussman four years ago when I was a chief investigator for the Russiagate investigation for Chairman Nunes. I got Sussman to admit under oath that he went to the FBI with the alphabetic server information on behalf of the client, client being Hillary Clinton. That was the crux of the lie. The jury was shown the paper, the pages of that transcript. I, Michael Sussman, under oath, swear to this testimony. And um, and basically, they just said, well, the heck with that. We don't care what the paper says, even though it's the defendant's own sworn testimony. But it was information that got out there um, in the public sphere that was a good step. But you know now the reason why utah is so interesting is because there are a lot of data centers in utah <laughs> that's why that is an interesting comment um how about a nice game of chess shall we this is a post dig for Will Summers, this is just for you. This is like we're, we're, we're moving into more advanced Q-Post digs now, so we may lose you after about three seconds. But hang out and listen anyway, you meathead. I would like to read these Q-Posts to you. Just listen to them. Answer the questions yourself in your own mind. You know, don't don't expect me to provide the answers for you. Just listen to the Q-Post. It's six posts. It's going to take me about eight minutes or so to read them all. And Enjoy this time with me for a little bit, will you? On December 4th, 2017, QPost 350 dropped, and it said this. Shall we play a game? Find the spiders and build the web, the map. Remember, they consider you to be the fly, specifically the feeder. Remember, they never thought she was going to lose. Therefore, they never thought investigations and or public interest into their criminal acts would be exposed and investigated. Therefore, they never thought they had anything to fear. Therefore, they openly showcase their symbolism. Therefore... They were sloppy. Hussein's last speech in Chicago, scandal-free, 
Why did he continually emphasize that phrase? As a backup, they infiltrated and, and control the narrative, the mainstream media. As a backup, they install only those on the team. As a backup, they blackmail those that aren't. And as a backup, they defined conspiracy as crazy, mentally unstable, and label anything true as such. This works given most of what they engage in is pure evil and simply unbelievable, hard to swallow. The fix has always been in, no matter which party won the election, JFK killed, Reagan shot. This was always the promise made to those who played the game, willingly or otherwise. They would never lose power. Power of the three-letter agencies, power over the U.S. military, worldwide dominance to push against other nations and install like kind. These people are really stupid. Follow the husbands. Another hint. Ian Cameron, McKinsey and Company, Clowns in America, Dr. Emmett J. Rice, the Federal Reserve, everyone is connected. How about a nice game of chess? Q. Q then reposts that again right after he posted it. So this was one of the ones that one of the times where Q posted something right after another that was, hey, read this, read it again, and read it again. Now, this one is more creative thinking minded, all right? This also dropped on December 18th, 2018, 365. Again, just take in the words and have a little fun with it. Flash break. And I don't know what these were. I have no idea what these symbols were. But shall we play a game? Map is critical to understand. Future unlocks the past. D-class ATL past. News unlocks the map. Now you know why I do a show. Find the markers 10 and 10, 12, 7 through 12, 17. Concourse F, Terminal 5, Private Plane, Private Operated Plane, Op, Atlanta to IAD, extraction known, dark, darkness, learn double meetings, shutdown, QPOTUS 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, special place, George Soros, a special place in hell. Why are drops highlighted by POTUS shortly thereafter? Coincidence or message? The Great Awakening, POTUS today, unlock, class op, IAD, future. How about a nice game of chess? Splash, Fox 3Q. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just it's just so much fun the the three up arrows is is what is actually in the post however the, the that, that turned into a spoiler text thus access channel where it's hidden okay so those are pro those are the 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 uh the spheres of control the rothschilds the uh the soroses of the world that uh pull the strings for the nazi uh new world order um <clears throat> The Atlanta airport um, stuff, okay. The plane in question, the Forex ICB is a cargo plane that arrived in Atlanta from Mexico City at 1 p.m. Just literally minutes before the alleged power problems began to make the airport go dark. The cargo plane in question is owned by Cal Cargo Airlines, a Jewish-owned company based out of Israel, which specializes in transportation of non-standard car cargo. Um, the company's leadership, da-da-da. So these are just some of the things that came through. I'm just kind of dialing you know, digging into some of these real quick. Cause some of this stuff, I don't really remember. This has been a while. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I forgot more stuff about cupos than I remember, uh, the successful extraction at Atlanta. We believe that this was, um, 
Is this the one? Remind me, guys. Is this the one where it was? We believe that it was the leader of the Satanic Church was extracted. I think that's what we finally came up with on this extraction, if I remember correctly. Um, hold on, let me see. There's, I think there's a link here. Yeah, there is a couple archive links. Let me see what what these what these are. <laughs> I think it is. I think it was the extraction of the satanic part, the satanic, whatever the hell you call it. Flight plan route decoded. And uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, I'm going to keep moving. Point of this isn't necessarily digging into it. The point of it is just listening to these and, and checking it out. All right. On January 19th, 2018, Q post 568 dropped. Uh, an Anon asked, was that our war games, i.e. get us mean troops in a live fire drill? Q says, shall we play a game? How about a nice game of chess? War games, double meaning, class 5849, fake incoming missile alert, DEFCON 1. We all know, we know all, trust Q. Now, this one. <laughs> this is the one that I want to hear with regards to Utah. This is the one that you need to hear. Are you, are you ready for this? QPost2211 came in on September 19th, 2018. How about a nice game of chess, asked Q. IG Horowitz, Justice Department speech, whistleblowers. Chairman of the Council on Inspector Generals of Integrity and Efficiency. Since 2015, he has simultaneously served as the chair of the Council of Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency, the SIGI, an organization comprised of all 73 federal inspectors general. Think yesterday, what was learned? Robert Stroh confirmed as the NSA IG. Robert Stork is now the Pentagon uh, or the, uh, yeah, the Pen- I think it's the Pentagon's IG, um, Department of Defense, excuse me, IG. Robert Stork confirmed as NSA IG, first presidentially appointed IG for the NSA, Department of Justice background, important, federal prosecutor for the North- Northern District of New York, background, important, chairman of the Council of Inspector Generals on Integrity and Efficiency, background, important. Prior to joining the NSA, Mr. Stork served in several positions at the Department of Justice OIG, including senior counsel to the IG as acting deputy IG um, in his 2015 appointment. He served as, uh, as the chairman of the Council of Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency, the SIGI. Uh, he was the whistleblower Obudman's o- o- working group. The whistleblower Obudman's program has helped establish is widely seen as a leader in the field. Early in his career, Mr. Stroke also worked as a federal prosecutor in the Northern District of New York, so forth and so on. He also was posted overseas uh, as a Department of Justice resident legal advisor in Ukraine. <laughs> <clears throat> Moving forward, vehicle for cross-sharing of department-to-department info, i.e. Inspector Generals, Council of Inspector Generals on Integrity and Efficiency. Hmm. The SIGI is comprised of all Inspector Generals whose offices are established under Section 2, Section 8G of the Inspector General Act of 1978. How might this benefit possible ongoing investigations across inter- and intra-federal agencies? Huber to Horowitz to Stork? Huh. U.S. Attorney Prosecutor to DOJ, FBI Inspector General Investigator to Signals Intelligence, SIGINT, and Information Assurance Products and Services. A link to John John Huber's leadership position. NSA has been pushed since the beginning. Logical thinking. The experts. 
But Session should appoint a second special counsel in D.C., a.k.a. the corrupt swamp. But Session should appoint a second special counsel in D.C., a.k.a. the corrupt swamp team of less than 20 typically and wait for two to four years, i.e. take a gamble. But Session should appoint a a second special counsel in D.C., a.k.a. the corrupt swamp, because unlike the Clinton email corrupt case, as demonstrated by the FBI DOJ people fired and removed, this will be conducted faithfully and honestly like Mueller. But Huber has not directly interviewed several witnesses, therefore the appointment of Huber by Sessions and therefore the IG is not genuine. But Sessions and Huber are following standard DOJ open and ongoing investigation policy by not discussing, making public, so therefore nothing must be happening. Fire Sessions! But Huber, ability to prosecute plus impanel a grand jury outside of D.C., 90% voted for HRC in 2016, who already began the investigations late last year with the assigned team of 470 investigators, i.e. attorneys, and the IG and legal jurisdiction across all 50 states is not a special counsel, so therefore nothing is being done. Nothing's ever going to (laughs) happen. But POTUS is attacking Sessions. via Twitter, so therefore he is not working on behalf of the people's interest or POTUS's. Democrats left, love, trust, sessions, but interestingly, if nothing is being done behind the scenes, why are so many FBI and DOJ senior officials being fired and are removed from their respective positions of power? Who is AG? Who must sign off on each removal? DOJ in charge of the FBI? But interestingly, if nothing is being done behind the scenes, why are there 50,000, now 200,000 plus sealed indictments across the United States? What percentage are USA versus X? Coincidence versus Hoover Start. But interestingly, if nothing is being done behind the scenes, why are so many powerful CEOs, members of Congress and the Senate resigning? Coincidence? Example, pre-POTUS, did the Speaker of the House indicate wanting to leave politics? But interestingly, if nothing is being done behind the scenes, why are human trafficking arrests surging? Nothing to see here, Q. (laughs) Oh, man, I miss it. I miss it every day. The last How About a Nice Game of Chess Q post that comes up is on May 19th, 2020 on Four, it is Q post 4281 that came in at 1122 p.m. It says, how about a nice game of chess? Chess strategy, what you need to know about chess strategy and tactics. Objective, the end. Checkmate the king. Okay? That's the objective of chess, to checkmate the king. Do you attack the king at the beginning of the game? Do you attack and remove the pawns first? Do you attack and remove bishops and rooks and knights next? Do you attack and remove the queen middle to the end? Is the game being played public or private? Do emotions affect critical thinking? Add important king control pieces. I eliminate rogue elements. Add how do you set the stage or the board? Re public opinion and optics at this time. Q. Oh, man. And people think and look at me like I'm insane because I still stand by the Q operation. People like Dilly and others make fun of us and yell and scream and call us Q-tards. 
And boy, are they missing out on a lot of important information and perspective and a whole lot of fun that happened during that time of interacting with the Trump organization. I miss it every day, man. But we still have our channels, and so that is good to hear. So God bless you all. Thank you for being here today. Tam Growl, again, thank you for the can. Uh, Overtime, indeed, CL Goober, thanks for being here. Liberty Bells, God bless you. Good to see you out there. Uh, Tam Growl says, we're all terrorists. Just the thought of cute patriots sends Pelosi spinning, indeed. Knock my socks off, says Greg Phillips. True, the vote is scheduled to be on Red Pill 78 live this Friday night. Excellent. That is great to hear. Um, indeed, uh, Zach has been absolutely on fire and he does, he ever deserve it. That guy works his ass off. God bless him. Uh, look forward to hanging out with him tomorrow. McKinsey is shit. Had to deal with him four times in my career. Outcomes always bad for employees. Interesting, Duppy. Thank you for that uh, feedback. Uh, those other names in that uh, thing are important as well. Uh, it might want to, some, some of you may want to go back and read, re- listen to those again. Was this post uh, 2601? Uh, which one specifically? The one I just read? Um, it was 2211. That's the one that I knew you guys would love to hear today after hearing cash be like, you know, maybe Utah would be a good idea. <laughs> oh, man. You got to love it. Um, TAC 264 says, uh, thank you for the can. Hopefully, one day these treasonous bastards will go to jail. I hope so, man. But I, I do worry that the, the cover up is in play. You know what I mean? Because this is just, if the, if all of this really does get out, man, and, and, but, and, Barack Obama is proven to be, you know, the operative that set up this whole spy operation in 2012. Can you imagine America hanging the first black president of the United States? I mean, that's why his installation at the time was so like thought out and genius. It's because like, what what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to hang the first first black president. You know what I'm saying? It just ain't going to happen, man. So, you know, I just. Maybe we'll see Hillary, you know, maybe we'll see Obama. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around that. You know what I'm saying? So we'll, in the end, does it, is, if, we, if this gets fixed and we have the Fourth Amendment brought back and, I have a, and our First Amendment is brought back and the Second Amendment strengthened, which it will be, we're moving the needle and things are never as bad as they were in the past. Things have changed. And that's the thing that that people are missing is the justice system has changed. You know, the the senior people in key positions in D.C. have have lost control. And so it's kind of like a free-for-all right now. And you're seeing these different influences of power have a Game of Thrones battle in that we get to watch live and we get to be the the, uh, resulting you know, casualties of whatever they try to, whatever they do to, to keep power. Um, you know, that's the bigger picture really of everything that we're seeing. Marauders out in the house. Good to see you out there. It's great to see you. Hope all is well. Um, Denise looks like I missed a lot. We'll watch the replay later. I see Alan is in a snarky mood. <laughs> you know, you just, you know what it's like to have my nice little corner of the internet over here where I'm just plugging away. And then um, it's it's interesting to watch how information gets amplified. I'll just put it that way, Denise. I think you know exactly what I mean by that. There's one reason I have junk mail. <laughs> I, get, I know, right? What is with that shit? I did a change of address with the post office, and now I got junk mail coming my way. That's ridiculous. Uh, pterodactyl, I don't have much respect for Dilly. I, I, I respect Dilly for what he does and his, his ability to hold an audience and his ability to have a 
very um res- you know a very knowledgeable audience that just has different perspectives so i i don't have any i don't have any disregard for dilly other than the cutard stuff but whatever if you don't get it and you think that you got it the whole world figured out and you're the smartest person in the room then so be it you know what i'm saying but that i still respect what he's able to do with his audience because he's helped moving the needle too all of us are in some way some small way doing what we can uh z pager says biden poking the bear with the result in russia declaring war on america i've been watching I've been, I've been watching Moscow evidently did not agree with Washington's intention statement. Yes, I have seen that what is happening and I'm watching it closely and I refuse to believe that it's going to go there, but <laughs> they do want a war. Deplore Laura. They want a war like you cannot believe. And the high Mars cannot be sent there. I'm completely with you. Although freaking Poland has them. So what's the difference? Um, yeah, uh, it's good to see you here, bro. Uh, JC Bird, thanks again. And everyone over there on Rumble, Pterodactyl, they're all reptiles, servants of Satan. It sure does seem that way, doesn't it? Uh, it seems like there is much more than just the Marxist ideology that they that unites them. They have a whole lot of useful idiots, that's for freaking sure, that they're able to manipulate into thinking, like, for, for the collective good. That's, that's, that's why we do this stuff. It's, it's, it's the collective good, okay? You, you just don't get it. Freaking morons. You can't fix stupid, dude. If they're so manipulated, you can, you, there's nothing you can do. All you can do is do your best to raise awareness, say we're all on the same team, and stop dividing uh, you know, friends and family over your stupid politics because you're a manipulated moron. And, the only, and don't let manipulated morons get between you. I mean, isn't, shouldn't life be that simple? <laughs> if only it were. Uh, what do I have here? I have, did I get that stuff? I think this was Zach stuff, right? I think I got that. Yeah, I got Zach stuff out there. Um, I had Kanika highlighted. Oh, Kanika highlighted Zach too. I just wanted to give a shout out to Kanika the Great for highlighting Zach's great interview yesterday. Great job. I want to get you this. Let's keep pivoting here. Let's keep, let's keep pivoting. Let's keep moving here. I don't pivot ever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This world, man, it can it can wear on you, dude. It, can, it this world can wear on you, man. It really can, and you know I still got to do a show every day, <laughs> and try to stick to, you know, the messaging and not let the bullshit get in my way. But man, tell you what, dude. Everyone needs their own approach. Whatever works, indeed, I agree. Now I'm not for everybody, and you know I get that. Jennifer M says, I love, she loves me though. I thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate that. The feedback is well appreciated, is much appreciated. Let me be honest. Uh, all right. Let me keep moving. United States versus Danchenko. I want to read you what is to come. What is to come? Because, again, what, this is going to be happening in October. I think the trial date set for like the beginning, the first week of October, like October 5th, something like that, which you got to love. Here is the docket for those of you that want to keep it for your records out there. The Danchenko indictment. We, you'll be needing this here in the near future, I, I believe. There are 51 documents that have been filed, and you know most of them are just the usual procedural stuff and things like that. Um, Jonathan Turley. On November 4th, 2021, wrote an important article that I want to read for you guys because this will kind of wrap up 
everything that we have talked about so far today. We go, we go, you know, we started today off with Jeff Carlson's article in 2018 about the FBI's private contractors, FISA abuse, the Steele dossier, and a timeline. So we set up, you know, where all that went to. Then we went straight to uh, conservative treehouses. Uh, story that was broke last night on Tucker Carlson that Perkins Coy is that group. Okay, then we have the evidence of Obama administration political surveillance beginning in mid-2012, an article that Sundance wrote in May 24th, 2019. Then those dockets, I gave you I gave you, gave you those. We went through the Q post of why this is interesting about how this is all happening right now. Showed you the cash stuff, and now we're going to go straight toward this. Igor Danchenko arrested as part of the Durham investigation, updated as of November 4th, 2021. The Office of Special Counsel John Durham has confirmed that Igor Danchenko, a key source for British ex-spy Christopher Steele, has been arrested. This is the third arrest by Durham, who is moving towards the prosecution stage of his investigation into the origins of Russia collusion scandal. Durham is variously uh, described as either painfully methodical or positively glacial as a prosecutor. (laughs) I'm going to go with glacial. But he is widely credited with being a dogged and absolutely apolitical prosecutor. Danchenko's arrest is a seismic development, and the confirmed Durham is far from done with his investigation. Washington was recently rocked by the indictment of Michael Sussman, former chief counsel, former counsel for Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign and the DNC National and the Democrat National Committee for his alleged role in spreading false Russia conspiracy theory. Now Danchenko is being charged with five counts of making false statements. Danchenko is widely referenced as a subsource for former British intelligence officer Christopher Steele for his controversial dossier. That dossier, funded by the Clinton campaign, served as the basis for the FISA warrants against Trump campaign aide Carter Page and the destruction of General Flynn's life as as well as others. Danchenko told the FBI that the dossier was unsubstantiated and said that Steele asked him to look for any compromising information on Trump. Mr. Mr. Danchenko worked for the Brookings Institution, a liberal Washington think tank that often produced reports critical of Trump and also bought and paid for by China. Danchenko is not somebody who immediately comes across as an apex defendant, the highest target in an investigation. He was a key source used by others to advance false information, false or unsubstantiated claims against Trump. He's the type of defendant that prosecutors pressure to flip against those who retained him or used him in his effort. In other words, he strikes me as somebody who can be used as a building block to apex defendants. Look at suspect in the same way. Potential apex targets above him in the investigation range from Steele himself to Clinton general counsel Mark Elias to Clinton campaign officials. The indictment circles around an unnamed figure called PR Executive One, who was a close Clinton advisor who held high positions in the Democratic Party and prior Clinton campaigns. Most embarrassing are references to the Clinton advisor meeting with possible Russian intelligence figures and other Russian sources included in this line. PR Executive One gifted to Russia Source One an autobiography of Hillary Clinton, which he signed and transcribed with the handwritten message to my good friend, first name of Russian subsource, a great Democrat. This is one book I think Hillary Clinton would like back. The indictment describes the individual as 
in this way. PR Executive One had served as chairman of the National Democratic Political Organization, state chairman of, of former President Clinton's 92 and 96 presidential campaign, and an advisor to Hillary Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign. Moreover, beginning in or about 1997, President Clinton appointed PR Executive One to four two-year terms on an advisory commission at the U.S. State Department. With respect to the 2016 Clinton campaign, PR Executive One actively campaigned and participated in calls and events as a volunteer on behalf of Hillary Clinton. Newland? Or somebody else, guys? Who do you think? There is no indication if Durham has possible evidence of criminal acts by those figures, but there is every indication that he is not done by a long shot with this investigation. The Danchenko indictment is here, and I kind of wanted to just scan it real quick. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much that summary there. The company reports played an important role in applications that the FBI personnel prepared and submitted to obtain warrants persuading to the FISA targeting a United States citizen who has been an advisor and then candidate Trump advisor one. Carter Page. In connection with the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation and later investigation by Special Counsel Robert Mueller, the FBI relied substantially on the company reports in these FISA applications and assert probable cause that Advisor 1 was a writing agent of the Russian Federation. So, yeah. <laughs> There's that. My Russia. Think tank slash scammer brains. <laughs> Hey, Ladybirds, good to see you out there. Um, I just want to check in with chat here real quick, see if you guys have any thoughts on that. Newland, you think it is Newland? That was my first thought. So, all right, so let me keep moving. Oh, that's the, uh, that's, uh, that was the whole Turley article. Yeah, that was the last part of the article. Uh, the reason why I wanted to highlight that also is in case you want the Danchenko indictment and you don't want to pay Pacer for it, Ba-boom, here it is. All right. Next. Up next. What do we have up next? <clears throat> Three times more homeless die under housing first than shelter first policies, the data shows. One of the disgusting things that happens in Demo with Democrat policies is the destruction of the human being, their sovereignty and their ability to be a productive human being because productive, knowledgeable human beings don't vote Democrat. <laughs> you need a bunch of freaking half strung out morons um, to, to be dependent on their government policies and their government paychecks in order to keep people uh, dumb enough to continue to vote for them. And so probably the, one of the biggest things that's, that's going to happen in our world over the next two to four years is going to be an explosion of homeless and downtrodden people who are going to be dependent on the government based on the policies being put in place right now. I'm sure all of you to that, that pay attention that makes plenty of sense. This article shows how homeless, poli homeless policies in California are increasing the problem and 
as you know, it's purposeful. Over the last year, I've been making a highly public argument against California Governor Gavin Newsom's housing-first approach to homelessness. By diverting funding from homeless shelters to homeless housing and not enforcing laws against public camping, housing-first advocates have inadvertently increased deaths from drug overdoses, homicides, traffic accidents, and other causes, I have argued. Housing First advocates, including Newsom, have responded that shelters are not a solution to homelessness and that it's wrong to make the people sleep in them. Now, new mortality data to make people live in them. Uh, excuse me. Uh, most people choose to live in them, it seems like. There are downtrodden people, but come on. New mortality data released by the cities of New York and Los Angeles, first reported on by the USA Today, strongly support the argument that New York's shelter-first approach and and against uh, California's housing-first approach. Okay, USA Today yesterday published an analysis which found that three times more homeless people died in LA than in New York City between mid-2020 and 2021, despite the fact that there were 14,000 fewer homeless in LA than in New York City. Los Angeles, Los Angeles saw almost 2,000 people die from April 2020 to the end of March 2021, notes USA Today. In a similar period, July 2020 to the end of June 21, 640 people died in New York, about a third of what L.A. saw. The reason for the difference is obvious. New York has built significant shelter for its homeless population, whereas L.A. following housing first dogma has not. Instead, L.A. has, like San Francisco under Newsom's leadership, diverted money from building shelters to building an inadequate supply of very expensive housing. And by allowing open drug scenes, homeless encampments to grow by not enforcing laws against illegal public camping, Newsom and other progressive leaders are not only creating urban disorder, they are inadvertently killing homeless people. New York and L.A. shelter, 96%, 38% of their homeless respectively, showing uh, the sheltered versus unsheltered areas of the, those two different cities. Of the uh, 1,988 homeless deaths in L.A. between April and March, of 20 and 2021, 715 were drug related, 104 were homicides, 150 were from traffic injuries. Deaths from drugs, homicide, and traffic increased 78%, 49%, and 33% respectively from the prior year. Of the 640 homeless deaths in New York over the same period, 237 were drug related and 22 were homicides, just six from traffic injuries. Death from drugs increased 81%. But deaths from homicide and accidents did not increase significantly in New York. You guys know the influx of drugs from China and our southern border is what's causing this. But, hey, the data thus make clear that while shelter is not an absolute protection from overdose, homicide, or traffic injuries, sleeping outside poses significantly larger risks than sleeping indoors. People sleeping outdoors are far more likely to be raped. The percentage of, of unsheltered homeless women who report being sexually assaulted approaches 100% according to L.A. County Sheriff. Nearly 100% of the unsheltered homeless women that my colleague Lighton Woodhouse and I have interviewed have said they have been raped multiple times. The new data should put an end to the debate over whether California should continue with its dogmatic housing-first policy. It's time to shut down the open drug scenes, a.k.a. homeless encampments. They are ruining California cities and killing homeless people. 
really good article by Michael Schellenberger that I thought was the, uh, uh, the what well, worth the time to discuss. It's one of the things that's not being discussed, like Johnny B says, but my COVID exactly my brother. And that's, that's why I choose to spend the time on stuff like that. Nine or five twenty six. several articles that you still need to hear Facebook in the news today. Check this out. This is what I didn't get to yesterday from Cheryl Atkinson. The head of Facebook's fake science fact check group, Science Feedback, is hiding in Paris, terrified of appearing in court. Hmm. Emmanuel Vincent is a hunted man. On June 24th, an officer of the French Ministry of Interior, acting under the terms of the Hague Convention, summoned him to a police station and served him papers to appear in a court for posting false and misleading statements in his role as president of Science Feedback, a fake... Fake book fact checking service. On the top of this, the beleaguered nonprofit has weathered multiple critics for uh, posting politicized, biased opinions that them that call themselves fact checks, including Wall Street Journal editorial that called out science feedback for attacking John Hopkins physician researcher Marty Makery after he wrote an essay predicting the arrival of COVID nineteen herd immunity. Quote, this is counter opinion masquerading as fact checking, the Wall Street Journal wrote, noting that Mr. Makery never made a factual claim. He made a prediction based on his analysis of available evidence. If you're interested in falling down the science rabbit hole, feel free to read what Dr. Makery wrote on how science feedback responded. But here's the thing. You, you don't need a PhD in epidemiology to understand that when experts analyze studies and make predictions, they may be wrong. The man on the run, man on a run. Back in August of 2020, Vincent was first served with a legal complaint at the address of Science Feedback in Paris. Uh, he was then served uh, a second address in Paris as well. Um, by September of 2020, a French legal agent learned that Vincent had registered Science Feedback at different address in Paris. He then called Mr. Vincent on his cell phone and delivered him documents at a completely new address. I think we're now at four addresses. Vincent confirmed to the legal agent that he had already received the documents at one of the addresses and then refused to sign a receipt. Court documents were then translated into French and sent to various addresses for Vincent and science feedback. Vincent was then sent certified translations and other legal proceedings against him. And by July of last year, the French Ministry of Justice attested that Vincent was served the documents under the Hague Convention. According to a certified translation of the French ministry documents, Miss Marie Farnuke, something like that, a, a judicial police officer, requested that Mr. Vincent appear at a police prefecture where he confirmed that he is the president of Science Feedback. Vincent then agreed to accept correspondence at an email for Science Feedback, but then gave his weird explanation for why he could not accept the documents. He said, it is the company... SCII Verify that works in partnership with Facebook and not the association Science Feedback. Sci Verify is a subsidiary of Science Science Feedback and is located at a different address and is <laughs> subsidiary A, his subsidiary B. So he's he's trying to play the game of uh, of shell companies. 
Vince's absurd game of hide-and-seek has thus far cost over $17,000, and it is requiring the hiring of a French legal agent to personally hand-deliver him documents, which he refused to sign, in the pursuit of, ju- of service under the, ha- the Hague Convention, in which he was summoned to a police station and once again refused to sign for the documents. Emmanuel Vincent did not respond to multiple requests for comments. What is this a man afraid of? Colluding with the government, maybe? If the federal government censored people for disagreeing with the National Institute of Health or the Centers of Disease Control, that obviously violate the First Amendment. Instead, the government outsources this censorship to Facebook. Facebook provides censorship through a network of contract fact-checkers like Science Feedback, which receive some funding and training through Facebook and follow guidelines set up by Facebook to how to identify false information that we don't agree with. If you're wondering what Facebook consider the baseline of scientific truth against the measure of other information as false, just check the websites and federal agencies such as the NIH or CDC. Deviations from the government is likely to get a science feedback check. Fact check. Science feedback has never once called out a media reporter or Twitter account for using the conspiracy theory label to attack the credibility of people questioning the pandemic started from a lab accident in Wuhan. Read Thacker's entire sub sub stack here. That is from Cheryl Atkinson uh, that came out on the 30th. And now we have this Cheryl Sandberg, not longtime number two executive at Facebook stepping down today. (laughs) She's just going to spend more time with her family and go on, move on to other adventures and yeah. So that happened today. When I took this job in 2008, I hoped it would be in this role for four or five years. 14 years later, it's time for me to write the next chapter in my life. Hopefully in Gitmo, but I'll wait. (sighs) Yeah. Facebook in the news again today. Very interesting. Gavin and Maxine make a good pair, right? Sundance, another article today. DHS and Intel community media outlets proactively moved to defend Dominion voting systems ahead of a report on election hardware coming this week. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. And how much time do I have? And how much time, what do I have left? Uh, I still got to do some other stuff. So uh, we did read, read this article yesterday. It appears to be a proactive move to get out ahead of identified voting system irregularities specific to electronic voting systems. The Department of Homeland Security, a cybersecurity and infrastructure agency, CISA, updated their election page on their website. See here, under the rumor control section, DHS made the update on May 27th. Uh, of last week the very next day the washington post produces an article describing an upcoming dhs cisa five-page memorandum that is in the process of being sent to the states ahead of public release this is the uh the evidence that our election systems can easily be hacked yeah with the WAPO being the outlet of choice for the intelligence community and security state, it appears they received an advanced copy to help establish an early response effort and make sure that they can spin the narrative. Can I have six minutes of your time, please? We've played this before, but for uh, purposes of Dr. J. Alex Halderman's report being censored on Friday when it does come out, Shall we get ahead of the story a little bit and listen to his testimony in Congress on June of 2017? Chairman Burr, Vice 
Chairman Warner and members of the committee, thank you for inviting me to speak with you today about the security of U.S. elections. I'm a professor of computer science and have spent the last 10 years studying the electronic voting systems that our nation relies on. My conclusion from that work is that our highly computerized election infrastructure is vulnerable to sabotage and even to cyber attacks that could change votes. These realities risk making our election results more difficult for the American people to trust. I know America's voting machines are vulnerable because my colleagues and I have hacked them repeatedly as part of a decade of research studying the technology that operates elections and learning how to make it stronger. We've created attacks that can spread from machine to machine like a computer virus and silently change election outcomes. We've studied touchscreen and optical scan systems, and in every single case, we've found ways for attackers to sabotage machines and to steal votes. These capabilities are certainly within reach for America's enemies. As you know, states choose their own voting technology, and while some states are doing well with security, others are alarmingly vulnerable. This puts the entire nation at risk. In close elections, an attacker can probe the most important swing states or swing counties, find areas with the weakest protection, and strike there. In a close election year, changing a few votes in key uh, localities could be enough to tip national results. The key lesson from 2016 is that these threats are real. We've heard that Russian efforts to target voter registration systems um, struck 21 states, and we've seen reports detailing efforts to spread an attack from an election technology vendor to local election offices. Attacking vendors and municipalities could have put Russia in a position to sabotage equipment on election day, causing machines or poll books to fail, and causing long lines or disruption. They could have engineered this chaos to have a partisan effect by striking places that lean heavily towards one candidate. Some say the fact that voting machines aren't directly connected to the Internet makes them secure, but unfortunately, this is not true. Voting machines are not as distant from the Internet as they may seem. Before every election, they need to be programmed with races and candidates. That programming is created on a desktop computer, then transferred to voting machines. If Russia infiltrated these election management computers, it could have spread a vote-stealing attack to vast numbers of machines. I don't know how far Russia got um, uh, or whether they managed to interfere with equipment on election day, but there's no doubt that Russia has the technical ability to commit widespread attacks against our voting system, as do other hostile nations. I agree with James Comey uh, when he warned here two weeks ago, we know they're coming after America and they'll be back. We must start preparing now. Fortunately, there's a broad consensus among cybersecurity experts about measures that would make America's election infrastructure much harder to attack. I've co-signed a letter that I've entered into the record from over 100 leading computer scientists, security experts, and election officials that recommends three essential steps. First, we need to upgrade obsolete and vulnerable voting machines, such as paperless touchscreens, and replace them with optical scanners that count paper ballots. Uh, this is a technology that 36 states already use. Paper provides a physical record of the vote that simply can't be hacked. 
President Trump made this point well on Fox News the morning, after, uh, the morning of the election. He said, there's something really nice about the old paper ballot system. You don't worry about hacking. Second, we need to use the paper to make sure that the computer results are right. This is a common sense quality control, and it should be routine. Using what's known as a risk-limiting audit, officials can check a small random sample of the ballots to quickly and affordably provide high assurance that the election outcome was correct. Only two states, Colorado and New Mexico, currently conduct audits that are robust enough to reliably detect cyber attacks. Lastly, we need to harden our systems against sabotage and raise the bar for attacks of all sorts by conducting comprehensive threat assessments and applying cybersecurity best practices to the design of voting equipment and the management of elections. These are affordable fixes. Replacing insecure paperless voting machines nationwide would cost $130 to $400 million. Running risk-limiting audits nationally for federal elections would cost less than $20 million a year. These amounts are vanishingly small compared to the national security improvement they'd buy. State and local election officials have an extremely difficult job, even without having to worry about cyber attacks by hostile governments. But the federal government can make prudent investments to help them secure elections and uphold voters' confidence. We all want election results that we can trust. If Congress works closely with the states, we can upgrade our election infrastructure in time for 2018 and 2020. But if we fail to act, I think it's only a matter of time until a major election is disrupted or stolen in a cyber attack. Thank you for the opportunity to testify today and for your leadership on this critical matter. I look forward to answering any questions. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, it's the most secure, safest election in, in history. And the way that the media has been manipulating people, shocking, is it not? Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you say, forget about the report, listen to his testimony, and listen to him say what, what you need to hear. I mean, it. yeah, here's the link. More retirements, exactly, just Mojo. All right, what else do we got here today? Let me go check in with uh, with you guys, see how you guys are doing out there. Thanks for hanging in with me today, as you guys are every day. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> Before it was news. <laughs> People don't actually believe that that before it's news stuff is actually like legitimate stuff, right? <sighs> Anyways, September 4, 2022 is legal destroy day for paper ballots to demand retention. Call your state reps. They are forensic evidence indeed. Uh, Seal Goober, I, I must have either I misspoke or you misheard. I, we, I always do two hours. Always, always. But thanks for being here, still hanging out with us. I appreciate you. We got about 20 minutes left. So um, we are going to hop over to yesterday when the um, at the beginning of the testimony, there was so a video played. And um, or excuse me, there was a discussion about the New York Times that 
uh, <laughs> spit it out, Abe. There was a discussion about how the New York Times and phone tracking uh, did a report on that. And so I want to show you this. So I started the day on Google and did a search, and nine trackers were downloaded onto my computer. Yes, trackers. These are tiny text files or even just a pixel sometimes. And trackers do what it sounds like they do. They track you. They can get my IP address or the device I'm using or the screen size. They were able to determine my location very precisely. Next, I went to HuffPo and I was swarmed. The, the trackers kind of multiplied. There were dozens and dozens. Every site Farhad visited, the trackers followed him. Washington Post, Google, Vanity Fair. By the way, you know all of this is happening to you right now, don't you? As you're watching this video, you're just not supposed to know about it. And they're just, the trackers are just kind of, you know, on my heels as I go around the web. Yeah. Well, I don't do anything illegal, so I don't really care. That's that's the freaking response all the time. It drives me freaking nuts, man. Oh, man. What is going on out there? Smartest man by Joe Biden. Hunter's search history reveals he's obsession with porn and sex fantasies, including 18-year-old lonely widows and milf crack cocaine porn. Why? Okay. Good to know. I needed to know that. You know what I'm saying? I really needed to know that Hunter Biden, what his search porn history was like. And I, that's a very important thing for me to understand. Meet the social media influencer helping migrants cross the border, not eagerly either. Gente, como either. pueden ver, aquí estoy en el muro fronterizo donde la patrulla fronteriza acaba de arrestar a un grupo de 15. Yeah, good for you, buddy. DC Inquirer, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp decision is in and no one fucking cares. Um, Sidney Powell, a decade of vaccines, Bill Gates' strange meeting with Fauci and his sadistic grip on public health. From Tucker Carlson today, Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, Gateway Pundit, Compton election results overturned due to voter fraud. Councilman rigged the votes. Really? This is in Compton. Um, last Friday, a Compton City Council election was overturned after a judge ruled that an incumbent councilman rigged votes to secure his victory. Councilman Isaac Galvin will be replaced by his challenger, Andre Spicer. Superior Court Judge Michelle Williams uh, Court determined that four of the votes cast for Galvin during the 2021 run, runoff election were submitted by people who were not legal residents of the district. And they got caught. That's interesting, right? That from Sydney Powell, she just dropped that just a little bit ago. And then... Uh, Gateway Pundit, CIA notes confirm U.S. intelligence officials targeted Trump, elected, ran coup. Indeed. CIA notes confirm it. Yeah. More than just that, Babylon B, uh, blah, let's see. Canica the Great, there's the him highlighting Zach's great interview. We talked about the Arizona Republican from uh, yesterday. Um, Hillary's firm had a secret workspace. Indeed. And then Last Refuge article. Everyone talking about Hunter Biden. Apparently, that's going to be coming back in the news here pretty soon. 
Um, and that's about it from Kanika. <laughs> Tracy Beans with some great comments out there. Listen to what Tracy Beans says. The problem we have right now is that there isn't enough disobedience. You clam up for fear of being canceled. You don't protest for fear of being arrested. You don't talk to your neighbors for fear they won't likely. You take a shot of fear of losing your job. You take a shot for fear of losing your job. Unless you realize that you are free, we will continue to be enslaved. Only when we stand up en masse will we have any hope of winning. Be brave. Stop living in fear. Stand up. It's not your problem until it is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Danish population voted in favor of joining the European Union's common security and defense policy. That's a bunch of morons. Black Lives Matter. New uh, city head Cicely Gay has filed for personal bankruptcy. Um, let's see. School board memory please guilty. Oh, that's where the. Okay, so that's the Guillermo Fuentes. We covered that. Dear friends, sorry to announce a genocide. Indeed. Um, zero hedge looming price hikes on food set to hit Americans even harder this fall. Indeed, WTI holds at a day's low after crude inventory draw. So some news on the oil markets again today, mass shootings, the media misinformation campaign. <laughs> Indeed, uh, Becker news, explosive audio shows Hunter Biden discussing his business dealings with the fucking spy of China. We covered that last week. <laughs> Biden's new ARPA, flexible biomedical funding and minimal bureaucracy. Undercover DC has a new article that is modeled after DARPA. That's interesting. Uh, pandemic deep dive with Dr. Harvey Risch on the vigilant Fox. Um, yeah. Uh, the vaccines, the vaccines, the vaccines. Brian Cates, what's he's got going on out there? Matt Talibi, Substack. Matt does an excellent job in an insightful column. Hillary Clinton should be banned from Twitter <laughs> as a Russian disinformation agent. Uh, that's pretty good. The most important coronavirus statistic, 42% of U.S. deaths are from 0.6% of the population. Hmm. Interesting. The police force got a new police chief just days before the shooting. Did he assert control from a distance and give a stand-down order? That is a good question, Brian. Makes me wonder too, as well. Um, the shooting timelines that keep changing. It's funny how that works, right? They can never keep the story straight. But don't worry, Anons will help you keep the story straight. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Huge props to Ivan Penchikov for dropping those uh, Sussman uh, documents. Uh, that, that's where that came from, by the way. Um,. Dilly says the FBI had a skiff in Perkins' coy office. <laughs> yep. Uh, Garrett, you're still on Twitter. Can you respond with a tweet? No, I'm not on Twitter, so I can't. Cognitive carbon, global CFR decline, vaccines, or Omicron? Hmm. Seven-day moving average. Share of population fully vaccinated. Huh. How's that? How's that work? Omicron, not the shots, ended the pandemicness of the pandemic. <laughs> got it uh, let's see breaking news from police frequency small plane landed on the 15th hole of St. David's uh, golf club in Wayne <laughs> nice you gotta land somewhere uh, Juan Sostenes Rosa was arrested by Casa Grande station agents after he crossed the border illegally records revealed as previously a Mexican citizen as a convicted felon have a nice time in jail severe thunderstorm wash for the uh, northeast today 
uh, Pennsylvania and Northeast Cleveland area. Uh, let's see, 46 shots, 6 killed in Chicago, 15 shot, 12 killed in Philadelphia, 3 shot, 4 killed in Baltimore. Any press, press conferences for those? No, no, no. Severe thunderstorm, where's this one at? Uh, parts of New Mexico and Texas. Law enforcement responding to an active shooter situation in Pittstown Township uh, in Pennsylvania. Active shooter situation outside of the Walmart in Pittstown. That as of uh, about an hour ago. SWAT team has arrived on that. And uh, Tulsa, police responding to an active shooter situation in a medical center in Oklahoma. And so they were going to continue to do this. Please, uh, please, I hope your families are staying safe. Cash on Scavino, one of the important figures. Indeed, he is. General Flynn said, I think we're going to be okay. Check this out from General Flynn. Very serious stuff. So I I think we're going to be okay. I do think that more and more people are awake in this country and are being awakened to this fact of what we're up against. And there's a whole group of people in Washington, D.C., on the left, you know, in the old Democratic Party, which I now, you know, refer to as the Socialist Party of America. Mm. and, And they know that their days are numbered. I sure hope so. Uh, General Flynn is um, <laughs> this freaking world, man. That's all I'm going to say. Um, let's see. Devin Nunez confirms that not only did Sussman trial prove that Hillary Clinton approved the entire operation, that there was FBI agents currently under investigation, but it also led Congress to reveal that Sussman had had an office in the FBI. Indeed, Cat the Great, because AP and CISA are finally forced to admit, indeed, that's why they're trying to get ahead of that story. Not going to happen. Laura Logan with some great stuff out there uh, today and yesterday. New York Times dramatic shift in victory uh, in Ukraine. Indeed, Lara. God help us all. Let's see what her latest stuff is out there. Gateway Pundit. Uh, let's see. California State Senate passes built to end mandatory reporting of threats made by students. Uh, and then everybody getting on the uh, AP CISA uh, story, so that's good to see that. Uh, American Spectator, drain the swamp, move them out. That Wouldn't that be nice? The only way to prevent more travesties like the Sussman one. That would be a great idea, I have to admit. Never going to happen. All right, let me keep moving here. Last eight minutes. Supreme Court pauses counting of challenged Pennsylvania mail-in ballots. The temporary block could impact the GOP Senate primary battle between David McCormick and Mehmet Oz. A minute and 16 from um, Madison Fuguello. Hello, I'm Madison Foglio, and it's time for Just the News Now. The Justice Department is asking a federal appeals court to overturn a district judge's ruling that ended the Biden administration's transportation mask mandate. The department argued Tuesday that the CDC's 2021 mask mandate is within the health agency's legal authority. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, the Senate Judiciary's top Republican, is calling for an investigation into a senior FBI official who allegedly demonstrated a pattern of public partisanship. In letters on Tuesday to FBI Director Christopher Wray, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, and Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz, Grassley accused Washington Field Office Assistant Special Agent in Charge Timothy Tebow of likely violating federal regulations preventing political bias. And finally, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has acknowledged that she misforecasted the country's now record-high U.S. inflation when she said last year that it would only be a small risk. 
Yellen's comments came one day after the Wall Street Journal published an op-ed by President Joe Biden on plans to deal with U.S. and global inflation. And that's a wrap for today's Just the News Now. Interesting. It's, uh, I just wanted to kind of see what they had. The Supreme Court on Tuesday paused the count of some mail-in ballots that could impact the Pennsylvania Senate GOP race. The temporary order, the order temporarily, blocks a lower court's ruling that instructed election officials to count mail-in ballots that arrived on time but were undated. The dispute involves a contested 2021 judicial election but may have broader impact on the state's ongoing Senate GOP primary between Mehmet Oz and... David McCormick. So we'll keep an eye on that. That's pretty interesting to see that that happening. Also released on May 26th, long withheld records reveal more than 20,000 mail-in ballots received after the legal deadline. This is in Maricopa County. Again, uh, these, these court cases working their way through the courts now, finally. Maricopa withheld requested public documents for nearly seven months. These documents show 18,000 additional late ballots not previously reported. Several contests were decided by less than 20,000 votes, but most notably, the statewide presidential race was decided by 10,457. The 20,000 ballots recorded as incoming from the U.S. Postal Service on or after November 4th were of sufficient quantity to change the result of the 2020 general election. Uh, the report, you can download that that report from verityvote.us if you want to grab that for your records. Um, this this stuff just keeps coming out. Same, diff, same shit, different pile. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I guess we just stay patient waiting on these court cases and, you know, we know that they can't talk about ongoing court cases. So it's like, you know, we just have to stay positive, I guess, and just hope that it is going to happen. But I hear you. I hear you. And the last I have for you today is a check-in on FCCED today to see what's going on with them and then the Department of Justice. Sean, Joe, thank you for the cookie as always, my friend. Appreciate that. Pro poker player Corey Ziedman arrested for a alleged role in a $25 million sports betting scheme. Uh, that announced today. Palm Beach gallery owner charged with peddling fake art pieces. Italian prosecutor. Prosecutors seek six-year jail term for ex-Prime Minister Berlusconi in a bribery case. That's interesting. That is rather interesting. I would do say so myself. Milan prosecutors on Wednesday requested former Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi to be jailed for six years for allegedly bribing witnesses in a 2013 underage prosecution case. Berlusconi is accused of paying 24 people, mostly young guests, at his evening parties to lie in a previous trial where he was charged with paying for sex with a 17-year-old Moroccan nightclub dancer. The scandal over those so-called bunga bunga parties contributed to Berlusconi's downfall as prime minister in 2011, marking the end of his fourth government. Berlusconi was the leader of the center-right Forza Italy Go Italy party, was eventually acquitted in that case, and he pleaded not guilty to the subsequent bribery trial. Berlusconi's lawyer said he was not surprised by the prosecutor's jail request and that he's confident his client would be acquitted. So, interesting. Fourth medium of municipal... You know, it makes you wonder so many times on these things. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. 
Chicago area mayor, guilty and right led. So that's the last one we got from that one as well. Let's check in with the Department of Just Us to see if they figure out any justice. Nope, they're still they're still speaking. They're just still doing speeches. Former congressional candidate pleads guilty to wire fraud and falsification of records. Nicholas Jones of Boise, Idaho, a small business owner, applied for and received COVID-19 relief funds through a paycheck protection program and economic disaster loans totaling $753,000. Despite certifying that these funds would only be used for business-related expenditures, he used a significant port to, for personal expenses, including car payments, life insurance policies, and political advertisements. Seems to me that that was a scheme that they were trying to do. Former Louisville, Kentucky Department of Corrections officer charged with using excessive force. New York construction company owner indicted for filing false tax returns. Florida woman pleads guilty to participating in a nationwide tax fraud scheme. And Justice Department concludes oversight and reform of Pennsylvania alternative education programs. Um, yesterday, they closed down with uh, shutting down uh, te- Texas return pre- preparers, former CEO of indicted of misleading investors about COVID-19 rapid test kits. And it's not what you think it is, but it is interesting nonetheless. There you go. There's the wrap it up for the day. I appreciate you guys very much for hanging out, guys. Uh, much love to you all. It has been another interesting show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for being here as always. Let me come check in with you guys over here in the foxhole. Knock my socks off. Hubby says, hubby working uh, the Pepsi Golf. Gotcha. Just kind of chilling. Sean Joe, thanks again, bro. Um, <laughs> I woke away to a feeble Bill Clinton voice speaking to me this morning. I am sorry to hear that. <laughs> you won't be back. That's good to know. Thanks for joining me today anyway. There's the scratch off has been released on the foxhole. Thanks for being here today, guys. Appreciate you guys very much. All the lurkers out there that were hanging out today, appreciate you guys. I'm going to get the podcast up as quick as I can today and go cook some fettuccine delicious. Fettuccine Alfredo is in the is in the mix for tonight. JC Bird dropping another gift sub out there. Comfortably numb, cheering 500 bits and another gift sub to Deplora Laura. Thank you, JC Bird. I appreciate that very much. Much love to all you guys over there on Twitch. We appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome people. Z Patriots, stay safe. God bless you. And uh, hopefully uh, we can work something out for Virginia Beach. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, dude. It's, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes over the next month. Chris and uh, Denise and Ilda the Hun. Just Mojo over there hanging out on, on uh, Rumble. Who else is over there hanging out? All you guys out there, all the lurkers, thanks for being here today on Rumble as well as all the lurkers on Tiger Network and Cloud Hub. Thank you all for being here today, guys. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Thank you for joining me as you do every day. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Day, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, and Noon Central, 1 Eastern, Occam's Razor with Red Pill 78. God bless you all. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.